Hello, good morning. I just want to thank God for being on the line again this morning. My name is Desiree, and I just give all honor to God and, you know, reverence to Apostle Paul for allowing me to come on and bring forth the word this morning, you know, via the Holy Spirit. Before I begin, I would like to do a quick prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this time, this moment in your presence, Lord God. We thank you for the time of worship that has already taken place, Lord God. We thank you for the woman of God who prayed to sin. We thank you for the hostess, Lord God, and all those who will come forth, Lord, later in this morning. But we just thank you, Lord, for already having your way, Lord God, for already opening our hearts to receive from you, Lord. And Lord, right now, I ask that you just enter in, Lord God, that you take over, Lord, that you increase in me that I may decrease, Lord God. And I come before you, Lord, with a heart of repentance, Lord God, asking you that you cleanse me, Lord God, that you forgive me, Lord, for every trespass, Lord God, every way that I have transgressed against you, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that you just, as we go forward, Lord God, that you minister to me, Lord God, as you seek to minister to your daughters. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, once again, good morning to you ladies. I pray that you are well in the spirit and that you are ready to hear from the Lord this morning. Um, God has really been ministering to me, you know, throughout these these last few weeks about one my identity and my purpose and what he has called me to, what he has what he has charged me to. And, you know, at times it can it can be hard, you know, when the Lord tells you who you are and you never walked in that place or you you never ministered on that level or in that capacity, and the Lord is telling you that He's going to to stretch you and and elevate you and, and take you to to higher heights. So the Lord has been uh, ministering to me through Ezekiel lately, and the scriptures I will be giving will be coming one from Ezekiel chapter two, which I will read first. But my other um, two scriptures are Ezekiel. Chapter 11, verses 19 through 21. That is Ezekiel, chapter 11, verses 19 through 21, as well as Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. That is Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. And as I said, the Lord has really been ministering to me about who I am and my purpose in him and um, what I'm called to do with him and just really truly being able to stand on his word and stand on his promises. So I want to read these from the um, NLT version. I'm going to start with Ezekiel chapter 2. It says, Ezekiel's call and commission. Stand up, son of man, said the Lord. I want to speak with you. The Spirit came into me as he spoke, and he set me on my feet. I listened carefully to his word. Son of man, he said, 
I am sending you to the nation of Israel, the rebellious nation that have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been rebelling against me to this very day. They are stubborn and hard-hearted people, but I am sending you to say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or refuse to listen, for remember, they are rebels. At least they know they have had a prophet among them. Son of man, do not fear them or their words. Don't be afraid, even though their threats surround you like nettles and briars and stinking scorpions. Do not be dismayed by their dark scowl. Even though they are rebels, you must give them my messages, whether they listen or not. But they won't listen, for they are completely rebellious. Son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not join them in their rebellion. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me. It held a scroll, which he unrolled. And I saw that both sides were covered with funeral songs, words of sorrow, and pronouncements of death. And that is Ezekiel chapter 2, the whole chapter. Um, I'm not going to go to Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 19 And I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. So they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. But as for those who long for vile images and detestable idols, I will repay them fully for their sins. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And that is Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 19 through 21. And my last scripture is Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. It says, the day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, so I love them as a thousand as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord for everyone from the least 
to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness. And I will never again remember their sins. And that is Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. And um, as I was saying, you know, the Lord has been ministering to me about purpose, about um, about my call, about my my service to Him and and to the kingdom. That you know, Ezekiel is being is being called into His purpose. He is being called up as a prophet. He is being told to the Lord that he is getting ready to be sent to a rebellious people and he's going to have to, you know, speak what thus says the Lord. He's going to have to give them this message, which is, you know, uh, uh, a message of, of judgment. But, but even in that, even though the Lord is telling them, you know, what he's going to do, you find, you know, in Ezekiel throughout the chapter that, throughout the book of Ezekiel that, the Lord, you know, he does speak of his grace and his mercy to them. Like, you know, what could take place if they were to turn their hearts back to him, you know, that he could bring life back to them if they would put down what they have picked up and made gods, what they have picked up and made idols. If they could put those things down and turn their hearts back to him and, and put their minds back on the things of the Lord, that he would save them now. Destruction was going to come. There was a punishment that was going to come because, once again, they had, you know, turned from the Lord and began to do things their own way, began to, you know, make a way in life according to what they thought that uh, they should do. So if I were to give a title for this evening, I would say Take Back the Reins. For there's a word that needs to be spoken. And I'll say it again. Take back the reins. For there's a word that needs to be spoken. And I say that because for me, I've noticed that in this season, at times, I have deterred off course. Or I may have lost my, lost my way a little bit, thinking that I didn't have control. Not really thinking that I could do what God, you know, called me to do or what the Lord asked me to do. Not really thinking that my voice needed to be heard. Feeling that, you know, even though I may be saying what the Lord is telling me to say, or I may be giving His word, that those who are listening or who are in the midst, they are not in belief of what I have to say. That my my words don't mean much. They're they're falling on deaf ears. In reality, you know, I'm just talking, not to me, not saying much. And that's how I feel. I felt like, you know, I was being received or perceived. But I kept hearing, you know, through you know different men and women of God and from the Lord Himself that I needed to take back my authority, that I needed to take back my voice, and I needed to speak that whatever the Lord was saying, it it needed to be released because they, were, they weren't my words, but, you know, they were the words of the Lord. And, you know, as I was reading Ezekiel 
and um, he was having different conversations with the Lord, and the Lord was showing him different things of what was going to take place. When he he, he made the comment, he said that um, in the vision the Lord had gave him that a scroll was presented to him, and he ate it, and that, you know, that it tasted good, you know, in his mouth as it was going in. But, you know, I read in other scriptures that when it was time for the word to be released, and Ezekiel wasn't the only one to say it, that, you know, it was it was bitter coming out of his mouth. Not that the word was not good, but it's like something that may be good to you when you receive it from the Lord, and it may resonate in your spirit, and it may be life-changing for you, you get excited about that word. You get excited about that revelation, and, and you want to share it. You want to share it with like-minded men and women, you know, in Christ and, and on this line. You want to you share it with, with the other welling daughters of the king. You want to share it, you know, with your sisters. You want, you want them to hear what the Lord is saying in this season, but we have to come to understand, or I've come to understand, is that, Timing, you know, is always of the essence, always moving when the Lord says move is is key. But there's often times where something that may be good for you that may taste good for you when you're eating it, it may not taste good to someone else. That does not mean that that word is not truth or that the Lord is not telling you to release that word. But at times the other person eating it to them, yes, to you coming out of your mouth is it's, it's, it's bitter, it's foul-tasting because it's hard to sometimes speak things to people or give a word to someone when you don't know how they're going to receive it. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't really know where they may be. You don't know where their heart is or where their mind is when it comes to that particular subject or what the Lord may be releasing to you. And he's telling Ezekiel, you know, I'm sending you to a stiff-necked people. I'm sending you to a, a, a rebellious people where you're going to be in positions to where you're going to be in pain. There are things that are going to be said back to you that are going to sting. You're going to be in, in dire situations. Thorns, thorns hurt. I've never been stung by a scorpion, but I'm sure that hurts as well, and they're poisonous. But then why would God say that? It's because when it's time to release, when it's time to speak up, when it's time to tell your testimony, when it's time to say what thus says the Lord, those things that come back to you, those accusations that, you know, that, that, that non-belief, that misunderstanding, those things that come back to you, those things can hurt you. When, when someone responds in offense or may not like what is being said and may not understand that it's not you that's speaking, it's the Lord that's speaking, but whatever they're dishing back to you, for most people, if they're not strong in their calling, they're not strong in, in, you know, where God has called them to, it can cause them not to want to say anything. It can cause them to want to shut their mouths completely and never want to say anything else. But it's like we don't understand that when the Lord calls us to do something, he is going to equip us, but we have to stay in relationship. We have to stay in connection. We have to stay in a place of honor and in a place of reverence because, one, we don't know really anything. We have the word to guide us. We have the Lord to guide us. And just because we read something in a book, 
just because we go and research something on the Internet, just because we go and, and watch some videos, it does not mean that we have come into full knowledge of who we are, where we're going, and what the Lord has called us to. Those things that we're looking at, those are an example. But what about what the Lord is telling you? What about where the Lord is calling you and the people that he has called you to? Because some of us can say, oh, I know I'm a prophet. I know I'm an evangelist. I know I'm an apostle. I know I'm a pastor. I know I'm a teacher. But God's not sending us to all the same people. And our message is not going to be the same. Our testimonies are not the same. The way the Lord may choose to use us to bring someone to salvation or to bring about deliverance or to bring about activation and so on, it's not going to be the same. And when we recognize that we don't look like the next person or we don't speak like the next person or we don't act like the next person, we can come more into ourselves and say, okay, Lord, use me how you want to use me. Use me according to how you created me. Because you chose me for this position, you called me into this place, and I need to know who my identity is in you before I can actually go out here and speak to someone else and give them a revelation so that they may know who they are. When the Lord was speaking, you know, in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 31, and, you know, he was saying, he said there was, there was a day that was coming where the Lord was going to make a new covenant with the people. We've been hearing for weeks, for months, that God is going to do a new thing, that it's an open door season. This is, you know, that you know that we need to stay on the wall, that we need to stay in connection with our Lord, that, you know, we need, we need to incline our ear to hear what he is. He's saying all of these things because there is a shift that's taking place. There is a place that he is calling us to. And even in Ezekiel 11, where he's telling him once again, like he's he's making a promise to the people, but he's also telling the prophet, like, listen, we got to speak up. We got to say what the Lord is saying in the season. We got to give the instructions so that no one is lost. But we will never get to a place where nobody needs to hear the word of the Lord or nobody needs to hear, um, nobody needs to be told to serve, nobody needs to be told to honor and reverence leadership, nobody needs to be told to, oh, you know, follow the instructions of the Bible. You know, we don't, we don't have to constantly be told so many different things that God has already so many times instilled in us to do. Because we have to put ourselves in a position to learn, to listen, to hear what thus says the Lord. But we'll never get to that place if we're not opening our mouths, if we're not speaking, if we're not flowing in the gifts that God has given us, if we're not standing up in our full authority of who God has called us to. Because some of us know who we are. Some of us know what God has stamped us with. But we allow we have been told throughout our lives, what people have spoken over us, what people have said to us, spirits of rejection, you know, feeling cast out, being hurt in church. We allow we allow anything to deter us and make us think that we're not good enough for the task. To make us think that we can't go and speak a word to someone or we can't go and, and give a testimony. 
Because the Lord told Ezekiel, yes, he's telling him to go out and give this word, but he also told him not to get caught up. Go and give this word to these people. Go tell the people of Israel what I have said, that I am upset. They are not serving me faithfully. They're not doing what I asked of them. They're not honoring me the way that they should be. Go and tell them that I am upset and that there will be consequences for their disobedience. There will be consequences for them taking up idols and and, and serving other gods. Go and tell them this. But in the midst of that, don't get caught up. Don't allow their sorrow, their anguish over what I'm I'm about to do deter you to where you get caught up and you get lost in the way. I'm sending you to do a job. But don't allow those things that are in you that I'm still working on, that I'm still healing, to cause you to fall as well. Like I said, in me learning who I am and the Lord telling me to speak, oftentimes the Lord will give me a word, and the first thing I'm thinking about, well, is, how can I go in and say something to this person when I got my own stuff? Like, Lord, I, you know, I hear what you're saying and, you know, what you're telling me about this person and what you're revealing to me about this person, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm qualified to be praying for something over them or giving them a word or, or, or prophesying to someone. I don't, I don't feel qualified. I'm, I, I'm jacked up. I'm no better than the next person. So, why would you tell me to go and, and tell them this or to speak that to them? And I battle—I would battle that a lot. I still battle that at times, where I have to really die to die to my flesh and allow the Lord to take over because I have to understand that it's not me; it's the Holy Spirit speaking through me. And I remember when I was younger, I, I had a dream, you know, that. I was at a I was at a house and my family was all around me and not too often do everybody in my family come together. So for me to see this in a dream, it, it definitely stood out to me. So when I saw it, I was like, Wow, I was like, you know, that's different. Why are they all together? Why were we all in this space, you know, laughing, enjoying each other, like, you know, really fellowshipping with one another one another, like we truly love each other that way. And I was telling someone about the dream, and they said, you know, you're going to be the conduit for Holy Spirit for your family. I was like, what does that mean? I don't know. What a, what, a, what is a conduit? What exactly does that mean? And she said, you know, you're the one that God is going to use to draw your family out. You're going to be the one that God uses to to set them free. She said, but believe it, you know, you're going to go through some things. Because whatever you speak out of your mouth, Whatever the Lord causes you to profess, you're going to have to walk that thing out first because you have to get free from it first. You can't go to a people that need to be set free from the very thing that you're battling with until you get free from it. So, yeah, you're going to go through some things. You're going to battle some things. You're going to deal with things in your bloodline that you didn't even know was a bloodline issue. You're going to find out. You're going to discover truth that no one has ever spoken of, but that's because the Lord is going to minister it to you. He's going to reveal these hidden things so that he can deal with them in you, so that he can set you free, so that he can break some chains off of you. No, you may not be set free from everything, but when you go to them, you're going to be well-equipped 
because the Lord is going to have dealt with you for a time so that when you do go listen, yes, some people will be stubborn, some people will rebel, but there will be few who will incline their ear and they will listen. They will listen to your testimony. They will listen to what you've gone through and what you've experienced. Tell them what I did for you. Tell them how I, how I brought you out. Tell them how I gave you favor, how I granted your provisions, and I, and I didn't let you lack for anything. Speak my truth to them because that's what's going to draw the people. Allow them to know that I do love them, but like I said before, there are consequences for our disobedience. There are consequences that take place when we separate ourselves from God, when we separate ourselves from the love of God. That's why he's calling us out. That's why he's telling us to, to stand up, to take back the reins, take back control. Take back control of your life through Jesus Christ. Stand up in who you are. Be more bold in what the Lord has called you to because man didn't call you. Man didn't choose you. The Lord planted you. So if he planted you in that position, he's going to give you what you need to be successful in it if you trust him. If you have faith enough to believe, you know what, Lord? No, I do not know how to do this job. But because you have given it to me, you put me in this place of service, you're going to show me not only how to serve you, but you're going to show me how to serve your people. Because the Lord does want us all to get to a place of, of understanding where we can go to our word on our own and get a revelation, to where we spend so much time with our Father that we hear him so clearly that we know where his heart is. We know what he wants for his people. He know We know what he wants us to speak. We know what he wants us to go and sow. When he says, oh, you know, go and bless this woman of God, go speak this word, this woman of God, we'll be so in tune and so in connection with him that we will know what it exactly is that he's calling us to. And for me, I'm coming to the understanding things that, you know, I wouldn't have thought were important before. I've learned within these last few years are very important. And I've said it a lot, you know. I've done so much fasting within these last two or three years that I've ever done in my entire life. And it's a different experience for me because, yes, I was fasting before, but I didn't understand my purpose in fasting. I thought I was, you know, fasting to get something. You know, um, I'm going on this fast because, oh, I, I want the Lord to bless me in this area. Or, you know, I'm having a financial situation and, I, and I'm going to fast and, and, and believe the Lord to move. Or, you know, I want I want a car, so I'm going to fast and I'm going to believe God to move. But that was a very carnal way of thinking, And if you ask me, like fasting to get something. But I was doing it and wondering why things weren't really moving. What I've come to understand now is that I'm not fasting to get something. If if I'm fasting to get anything, it's to get closer to the Lord. It's to go deeper in Him. It's for my my flesh to die so that my spirit man can can rise up. Are there blessings in the fast? Absolutely. Does God give us favor? When we make sacrifices, absolutely, but that's not our purpose in doing it. Our purpose of fasting, the purpose of the Lord even telling us to go go on a fast and go into a place of consecration is because he wants to talk to us. He wants to speak something to us. He has a word for us. 
But if we have a jaded way of thinking about it or, um, or you know, a worldly way of thinking about the things of God, we're going to miss it every time because we're doing things for our own gain, not for the glory of the Lord. So when the Lord, like I said, when the Lord was, they had been ministering me through Ezekiel and all the different books he had been taking me to, of people who he's chosen to speak his word, and not just as prophets, like I said, as pastors, as teachers, as evangelists, as apostles, to go out and minister the word, to go out and, and, and disciple people. And each one has a different story. Each one has a different purpose. Each one has a different message. But like I said, if, if our mouths are staying shut, if, if we're being quiet and we're, we're sitting on our testimonies and our hardships and, and what the Lord is bringing us through, how are we going to connect with that with that lost soul? I can say for me, I'm going through the greatest test of my life right now. I'm in a position I never would have thought I would be in. And when the Lord asks me to speak on it, I do speak. I, I, you know, I, I do share. You know, I, I've been in an abusive relationship for, for so long, and I listened to so much of the wrong advice, I didn't even realize that I was in one. But the Lord had to, the Lord had to wake me up and, and cause me to, to, to look at myself because one, I kept asking the Lord, like, why am I so stuck? Like, I know I want to serve you. I know I want to do what you asked me to do, but I feel like the further I go in you, there's something that comes in to steal my joy, to steal the word, to, to steal away from me what you're putting me in. And I don't even understand that it's, it's the situation that I'm in. I don't even know that. I don't even recognize I'm being abused. I've gotten so accustomed to, you know, abuse of, of so many magnitudes, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, like I got so accustomed to those things throughout my life that I found myself in relationships and positions where I was accepting the same thing. And I was accepting it so much that it was quiet in the voice of God for me. I didn't know who I was. I lost myself in someone else. I lost myself in other things. And yes, I was doing the things of God, and I know it was the Holy Spirit using me because I didn't have no strength in myself to do it. I didn't even know who I was. I was thinking in my mind, oh, am I this person? Am I this? Is this what the Lord is calling me to? Looking for looking for my identity in so many different things, changing my name to so many different things, trying to figure out who I was in the Lord. But it wasn't until the Lord brought me out and put me in this, this place of incubation where he's healing me and he's revealing to me, like, this was a setback, that was a setback. You were connected to this, you were connected to that, and I had to sever the ties. There's, there's things in your bloodline that you didn't know about that, that I now have to sever off of you because if, you know, if, you, if, if this person had listened to me back then or had shared their testimony back then, then, you know, we would have been aware. There, there would have been a warning sign of, of what we're dealing with or what we're battling with, you know, abuse mental abuse, physical abuse, you know, addictive nature, all these different things. And, you know, the Lord is ministering to me, and I'm coming to this understanding, and, and, I, and I'm like, well, Dag, like, I know who I'm called to be, but do I really know my identity? Do I really know who I am? No. 
because I've taken on someone else's persona. I've taken on someone else's personality because I think that this is how I'm supposed to be. I think this is how I'm supposed to serve the Lord. This is how I'm supposed to speak. But I'm not speaking the word of God. I'm not doing what the Lord asked me to do because I've taken on fear. I've chosen to be quiet. Because even though I'm crying out, going through all these battles, going through all these struggles, I don't feel like anybody is hearing me. And these are people who I know serve the Lord, who I know are called. And I'm crying out to them like, help me, help me, please. Tell me who I am. Tell me what I should do. Tell me where I should go. All the while the Lord is speaking to me because I've got so caught up in what man is saying. I'm bypassing what the Lord is telling me, and I'm still looking for confirmation in man. I'm still looking for someone who is just as equal to me to tell me who I am and what I should do when the Lord has already told me. But I had to come out of a place of bondage and start to get free so I can take on that authority, so I can speak, so I can give my testimony. You know, I'm not I'm not ashamed. I'm you know, I'm I'm not afraid to say that, you know, I've been in a in a domestic violence situation. I'm not afraid to say that I'm not I'm not ashamed of it because that's not my identity. That's not who I am. I'm not a battered woman. I'm a woman who has endured abuse, yes, but I'm not a battered woman. That's not who God calls me. God doesn't call me abused. He doesn't call me neglected. He doesn't call me rejected. Any word that could have been spoken against me that was negative, that was meant to break me and to tear me down, that's not my identity. That's not who I am. That may be my situation. That may be what I came out of, but that's not who I am. I'm called to to speak for the Lord. I'm called to minister the gospel. I'm called to stand in, in a new level of authority. But if I don't open my mouth, even in a hardship, even when I'm going through a test and a trial. If I decide to shut my mouth just because I'm in the midst of turmoil, just because of all the things that I, I see going around me, I'm keeping someone else from receiving what they need to hear. I'm blocking somebody else because, oh, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that, Lord. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to speak that to nobody. I don't want to go and correct nobody. Look at me. Look at what I'm going through. Who am I to say that? Who am I to do that? The Lord has been telling me, you know, you're my daughter. I've called you. Take back the reins. Take back control of your life. Know who you are. Stand up full, you know, in your identity. Because there are people that I need to send you to. There's people that need to hear my word. There's people that need, you know, to hear hear the testimony. There's people that need to hear these warnings that, you know, Disobedience is in the midst. We're not doing what the Lord is telling us to do. We're not speaking when he says speak. We're not moving when he says move. We're just sitting. Because we're so caught up in our own stuff, what we're going through, what we're dealing with. The Lord says, I got that. I know what you're going through. I know what you're battling with. I know you're hurt. I know you're broken. I know you're grieving. But I still have a work for you to do. I still want to use you right where you are. I still want to use you in your brokenness. I still want to use you in your mess so that I can get the glory. And I keep saying it because the Lord has been saying it a lot. You know, we're not too dirty for him. Our mess is not too great for him. 
Our situations are not too big for the Lord that he cannot work in it and he cannot use us in the midst of it. So in that, I will encourage you to stand up in your authority. Take back control. Do what the Lord is telling you to do. Take those leaps. Take those leaps of faith. Open your mouth even when you don't want to open your mouth. Read your word even when you don't want to read. Pray when you don't want to pray. Because that's what's going to keep you connected. That's what's going to keep you focused and on track to what the Lord is, is, is saying. So I encourage you to walk in boldness. Hear what thus says the Lord. Go to your people. Speak to your people. Give that testimony. You may not get the response that you want. You may experience some stubbornness. You may even experience some pain in the midst of it. But trust the Lord. Trust that he is going to reveal his word. And his truth it, His truth will come forth. And he will back you up and he will back up. But we have to trust him. We have to step forward and do what the Lord has asked, is asking us to do. No more sitting down. No more sitting down on our identity when we know who we are. No more telling God no when we know what we're supposed to be doing. So I just want to encourage you with that to just trust the Lord. Trust in his word, trust in his promises, and trust that whatever it is that is taking place right now, it is for your elevation. It is for your next chapter so that you will have a testimony to give to the next woman of God. Amen.